Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we're speaking with Michael Hollis, a recent graduate of the VCA Secondary School Theatre Arts Program. Michael recently performed his monologue Charlie from Jasper Jones at Top Class, so we wanted to ask him how he managed to produce this excellent work and what advice he has for students attempting the same task. With no further ado, I welcome Michael Hollis. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Michael Hollis. Hello. Can you talk us through your chosen monologue? Uh, Yes, so the monologue is Charlie uh, from Jasper Jones, which is the opening monologue of the entire play. Um, The play was adapted for the stage by Kate Mulvaney, uh, but based off of the book by Craig Sylvie. Uh, It was also made into a movie, but this particular monologue is from the play. Charlie's monologue is when... Uh, Jasper first visits Charlie's window and um, he's trying to convince Charlie to come out with him uh, for mysterious reasons that Charlie is unaware of the time. Um, And little does Charlie know that this event of going and following Jasper through the night is going to change his life forever. So Charlie is a 13 year old boy uh, who lives in a Western Australian country town of Corrigan uh, the play is set in 1965, late 1965, uh, early 1966. Um, and the play and the monologue itself explores some ideas of racial discrimination of the time, um, vilification of Jasper, and kind of how Charlie as a young boy views these situations around him. What made you particularly interested in this monologue? Well, I'd seen a few shorts of the play. I didn't get to see the play itself, but I'd seen a few shorts and I, it really interested me. And um, I was really interested in the play itself. And when I saw this monologue and I was reading through it, I had a few options. I kind of narrowed it down to about three monologues in the end, but this one just really spoke out to me as exciting. And I really liked the excitement of the piece. And I already had a bunch of ideas coming to my head on how I could stage it. And it was just very obvious choice for me to go with that one um, because it enthused me so much. Uh, And also it had comical elements and I love playing that kind of comical uh, character. And yeah, the the character of Charlie is a character that really uh, spoke to me and was really enjoyable to play and enjoyable to read. And yeah, it was just a very obvious choice. What is the theatrical context of this monologue? Uh, Well, in the monologue, uh, particularly, there are themes of racial discrimination explored. Um, There are themes of coming of age explored. It's quite a big step for Charlie going out of this window. Although it's the start of the play, it's quite a big turning point for his character um, because he's no longer cooped up inside with a book. He's stepping out into this big, brave world. Um, So there's some really strong coming of age themes there. Uh, There's also obviously lots of racial discrimination themes where Charlie can, in his monologue, uh, for example, in the line where he says, were you with that motherless half-caste Jasper Jones? And he's uh, mocking his parents and other parents in the town. You can see Charlie's kind of unintentional and ignorant uh, mockery and criticism of the racial discrimination of the time. But you can see how his character, from his perspective, can view such as very immature and um, the way that he criticizes the racial discrimination around him is done in a very lighthearted way, which shows how his character views the situations of the time. 
yeah, this is a very exciting, adventurous scene where he's uh, running around and everything's new and very exciting. So there's a big adventurous theme to the entire thing, which actually follows through the wider play as well. Can you tell us how you interpreted the monologue? Um, so I took a very comical approach, but also with some quite serious messages within uh, the comical approach. Uh, so originally I had it a lot darker. It was uh, very, um, there were funny moments and goofy moments, but the serious moments such as when he's at Mad Jack Linus hut or when he's talking about uh, Jasper as a half cast and all these things, um, those were very dark and very still and serious moments. Um, but as I developed it and I started to develop this really goofy character, it, just appeared to me to just go full out with it and stick to my gut and really play it big. Um, so everything is very heightened. Um, the performance style of my piece was heavily influenced by heightened realism where everything is exaggerated, but to a point where it can become believable as well. And the serious moments can be seen within this exaggerated uh, goofy character. What happened in the research phase? Uh, in the research phase, I did a lot of research uh, about the context. Um, so when I read the play, uh, well, first thing I did was read the play. And then the second thing I did was read the play again, um, just to get a full understanding of the whole story and Charlie's journey and everything that would help me with my acting, um, to get my backstory, my biography, everything there. And also do some external research on uh, the history of the time and what was going on with the Vietnam War at the time and how that affected Australia and the changes that were going on and what it was like in a Western Australian country town in 1965. All these things that would really help me understand what the character is going through and how he would be feeling and react to certain things based off of his own personal context. Uh, so context was a big research um, element for me, but also so was looking at uh, previous interpretations. I uh, withheld from looking at many different versions of Charlie as I could early in the process so that I had a chance to develop my own original character. But definitely looking back at previous interpretations uh, helped a lot to see the play's history and what other people had done, what worked and what didn't, uh, so I could formulate my own original work from that. What did you do to develop your work? Well, first thing I did with my monologue was I analysed it uh, word for word and got my events and my, um, I basically worked through the script as an actor and looked at what would be important, what I should uh, emphasise, anything like that, uh, split it all up into different events. And then I thought, I kind of started it as a talking head where every line is delivered still. And then I also planned out my physical score, which I actually improvised a little bit. I would uh, stand in the space and talk to the audience as the monologue goes on, but then uh, improvise certain interactions and obstacles that came my way. And I would uh, improvise the physicalities that go along with that uh, to formulate a path by the end of it. So I had kind of a whole adventure that Charlie goes on with different obstacles and different encounters and uh yeah it was just it just started to become a sequence of events meanwhile charlie is speaking to the audience about how he's feeling and what's going on with all of this stuff that he's doing 
How did you go about introducing stagecraft, sound, props, and costumes? Um, so for my piece, I just used costume and set uh, as the two stagecrafts elements. Um, so I really wanted to uh, take my audience back into the context of the time, uh, back into 1965 to a, a country town. So I built a, uh, a window, a, a kind of like a... Um, like a small wall with a window in it. And, and I crafted it with uh, wooden planks, make it look very rustic. And I painted it with light cream and blue kind of colors that I had researched a popular on houses of the time. And I made that window look as much as possible. Like it came out from a sun baked Western Australian country town. Um, same with the costume, uh, very traditional pajamas. I actually had the decision to make, his pajamas larger fit than me um, so that when looking at my character, it would look ridiculous, but also you would see kind of the symbolism of stepping into shoes that are much bigger than your own and um, the coming of age themes that go along with that. Um, and also just to get further across his goofy character, I had the big high socks with planes um, on them and the big bulky sandals over top of those. Um, and the big glasses, which were actually bigger as well, to, again, heighten his character's goofy quality and uh, assist in the heightened realism performance style of it all. What tips do you have for the next group of students developing a monologue? Pick something that you love. Pick something that speaks out to you and you look at the paper and you already get ideas. You may think you're jumping the gun, but jumping the gun is the best way to start. Um, and also don't get your heart set on what you initially created. Um, learn to develop with your piece and always keep working. There's always something more you can do it. You may think, oh, it's a five minute monologue. I can get this done in a week. But if you spend the many, many weeks that you're given working on it, there's always something you can improve. Up until my final performance at the Playhouse, there was little things that I was adding, little things I was exploring, different ways I could deliver different lines. Um, there's always something new you can do. So keep working at it, even if you think it's done, even if everyone tells you it's great, even if your teacher tells you it's great, just keep coming up with new ideas on how you could present such a character that you enjoy and how you can um, present the meaning and the monologue itself. Any specific tips for the framing statement? The framing statement for me was very difficult to um, narrow down to a two-minute speech. I had a lot of stuff that I had done with the monologue and a lot of stagecraft decisions that were was taking up a lot of time and I didn't really know how to compact that, um, which was good. So I would highly recommend having too much to talk about and then cutting it down because that's so much easier than having nothing to talk about and then having to come up with ideas of why you did this, how you did this. You should know all of that about all your monologue and then come the framing statement. It's just about piecing together what you most importantly want to share with the adjudicators um, and compiling it into a list of what you did, how you did it and why you did it and make it very clear and very succinct they're not looking for um, very persuasive framing statements. They're just looking for information that you want them to know. So keep it very clear. Thank you for your time, Michael Hollis.
That's all right. That's all from us at The Aside. We have a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that grabs your attention. If you would like to contact us, please do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com where you can ask us a question or give us some feedback. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here and to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And thank you for listening.